begin. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now we'll go to verse um, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for, for that would be of no advantage to you. May God bless the reading of his words. Now we'll turn our time over to Pastor Arthur as he leads us in our, in our sermon this, this morning. Good morning, Crossbridge friends. Every family has its own set of household rules. Take your shoes off when you come in the door. If someone is late for dinner, we save food for them. We don't eat all of it. When I was a kid, one of our household rules was that the children had to open the garage door. We would pull into the driveway, and we didn't have uh, an electric garage door opener. And so the rule of the household was the kids would get out, one of the kids, and open the garage door so we could pull in. What are your rules? Take uh, 20 seconds and turn to the person next to you and talk about one of your household rules. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Now, behind the household rules are relationships. Specific rules on based, uh, are based on our roles or, uh, you know, our responsibilities, who we are in the household. If you have the rule to take off your shoes uh, when you come inside, you have to maybe dig down two or three or four layers, but underneath that rule and behind it is the assumption that parents make the rules and parents are the ones who do most of the cleaning and so they have the right and the authority and behind the specific rules are relationships and the roles that we serve. Parents guide children is behind a lot of rules siblings, children, brothers and sisters are kind of on a, you know, an even basis. That's the nature of their relationship. So you have certain rules that reflect that. Kids honor grandparents. That's the nature of the relationship. Therefore, there may be certain rules that grow out of that. Now, in the New Testament times, these household rules were called codes or household codes. They were very common in the Roman world, and the church uh, borrowed that cultural uh, form and Christianized it and adapted it for the church and for the family. And today's text is a household code applied not to the family, but to the church, 
uh, kind of family, the family of God. So today's uh, passage of Scripture is uh, two verses, you've already heard it, and it deals with submission, submitting to our leaders. And here are our verses once again. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this, let them lead, let them function in their role, <laughs> not with, uh, with joy, not with groaning, because that would be of no advantage to you. Okay, I want to look at these two verses uh, in just a second, but let me give you, let's pull the camera back first and look at the general nature of organization in the church. That is to say, how do we relate to each other? Are there leaders in the church? Well, yeah, obviously there are leaders. This is addressed to followers following their leader. But I'd like to suggest to you that organization in the church doesn't look strictly like this. Now, there is a top, there are leaders, there are, you know, followers, but it's not boom, 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 strictly hierarchical. When I say jump, you jump. How high? Yes, sir. It doesn't look strictly like this, the nature of our relationships in the church. There are elements of this. This can be very helpful and very clarifying for who does, who does what around here, but it's, it's more mutual than this. Leadership in the New Testament it does have authority. I mean, that's what our text is all about today. We'll get back there in a minute. But let me suggest that the organization of the church looks more like this. It's not a complete circle. It's not, you know, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table with no one at the head of the table. Nobody is boss here, completely egalitarian. It's not quite like that. There is... I don't know, a ladder, there is a, a point, there is a head. But it's also very uh, mutual. We have all the one another commandments in the New Testament. Love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, admonish one another, be hospitable to one another. And that applies to everybody, including the leaders, maybe especially to the leaders. And so in the scripture, leadership is not this boom, 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 jump. <laughs> it's servant leadership. And followers respond to that. We get our idea of leadership in the New Testament from Jesus, right? He was the leader. He was the boss. No question about that. He was the rabbi. They followed him but he washed their feet. The action of a slave. And he said, as I have done for you, go do for each other. Servant leadership. 
And we have passages like this. I exhort the elders, okay, those are the leaders, right? I exhort the elders among you, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Yeah, there's, you know, it's egg-shaped. There's, there's an element of the latter. But don't do it under compulsion, but do it willingly. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Here, get this now. Not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock. Jesus said, don't lead like the Gentiles lead. The Gentiles like to lord it over each other. When I say jump, you say how high. Boom, and they like that power and that authority. Yes, lead, but not like the world leads. You must be servant of all. Okay, so that's sort of a general uh, overview of the nature of the organization of the church. Yes, there's hierarchy. Yes, there are leaders. We're going to look at that here in a second. There's followership. But let's always keep in mind that it's very mutual, and we are accountable to each other. And we're all following the great, the chief shepherd, even the under-shepherds are accountable. Okay, so with that in place, what about this idea of submitting uh, to the leaders? In our passage, we have six verbs. I've got them in red for you. Here's our responsibility to our leaders. Remember them, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Do you see that that's in the past tense? This first verse, which is verse 7, is like, uh, I don't know if they've passed away, if, if they've died, but remember those people. You know, the ones who first preached the gospel to you, remember them. And of course, in the Bible, remember means more than sort of call to, to a mental awareness. It means let that mental awareness influence your current lifestyle. Remember them. Consider how they lived. Consider the outcome of their faith. They were faithful to the end. Imitate, emulate your past leaders. And then... Um, Verse 17, present leaders, obey, submit, because they're keeping watch over your souls, and they're going to have to give an account. The last verb is a sort of a general verb, let them do this <laughs> with joy, not groaning. This is my life verse right here. I want to have this inscribed on my gravestone. <laughs> Let them do it with joy, not with groaning. Those of you in church leadership, give me an amen on this. Oh, church leadership is so hard. But there's a joyful aspect, and you and I as followers can contribute to that joy. Don't make it, don't make it a big groaner. <laughs> That's our command from God. Remember Consider, imitate, wow, this is a tough word, obey, not very American, submit, let them do this with joy. 
that is our responsibility. Now, when I think of the first verse, verse 7, the past leaders, I think of a past leader in my own life, Pastor Robert Nitz. None of you know Pastor Robert Nitz. He died, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago, but he was the first person to preach the gospel to me when I was 14 years old. He's the one that led me to the Lord. And before we even used terms like this and before it was in vogue, he was the one that discipled me. How did he do that? He hung out with me. He taught me, for example, the importance of daily devotions. You know, reading the Bible and praying real steady, stay stay with it, be a self-feeder. And so I'm supposed to remember imitate and emulate his faith. He was the first one that preached to me the word of God. And he also had a big emphasis in his life um, on evangelism. He was I mean, he bled evangelism. Neighbors, church members, visitors to the church. He took me with him on more than one occasion to uh, like uh, uh, outdoor fairs, you know, in the summer, like with popcorn and cotton candy and rides and stuff. And he would have a big stack of gospel tracts and he would just go handing them out. He gave me about half the stack. Here, go hand these out. I was like, what do I do? Just go up? Yeah, just go up and give it to If they want to talk, start talking. And I remember, and I consider the outcome of his way of life, that he remained faithful all the way, all the way. And I want to imitate uh, that faith. Now, the specific thing that we're to imitate is not necessarily handing out a stack of gospel tracts, although that's good, but specifically in the context, what we're supposed to be uh, imitating here is the fact that they remained faithful all the way till their dying day. They, you know, in the book of Hebrews, they did not drift away. They did not go back. They clung to Jesus all the way, and you guys do that too. So says the author to the Hebrews, so says the Holy Spirit to Crossbridge. You do that too. Emulate, imitate, don't give up. Here's the, uh, the context of the, uh, the, that verse, verse 7. So here, here's our verse. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. And then keep going, verse 8. Uh, uh, this is still verse 7. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then without a word of transition, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that have to do with what he just said in verse 7? Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. I think the author is packing a whole bunch of stuff here, one thought after another. Remember them. They were great. They died in the faith. You should be like that. Imitate. Hey, Jesus Christ was the same back then. He's the same today. He's going to be the same tomorrow. So don't drift. That's how you should imitate and emulate. So this consistent theme in the book of Hebrews, follow Jesus. He's better than the angels. He's better than the high priesthood. He's better than everything. Just stay, stay with him. I know you're tempted to turn back. I know you're being persecuted. I know it's tough. Just remember your leaders. Do that. 
So how do we bring this uh, into uh, Crossbridge? Well, uh, I've been associated with Crossbridge for, I don't know, about 10 years now. And I'm not aware of any leaders that have died and passed on. There probably are some, but I am aware of leaders that have moved on. And so I say to you, I say with confidence and with joy, remember Pastor David Eng. He's a great guy. Not perfect, but he loves Jesus. And you should do that too. And I remember, and I have personal, uh, you know, awareness and acquaintanceship with Pastor Sandy. She's great. She's terrific. Imitate. And Pastor Chuck. And Pastor David Rowe, before my time. And we can add to our list very nearly, very uh, not long ago departed. Remember Chris and Emily Cheng. Yeah. They believe in Jesus. They're serving Jesus. They're not giving up on this. It's tough. It's going to be tough. You, you, you should do that too. And we can add to our list Lauren and Beata. Remember your leaders. They spoke the word of God to you. Think about how they finished out their course and imitate their faith. Three verbs, our responsibility in our egg-shaped <laughs> structure. Three more verbs, obey. That's a tough one. But I'm just passing on to you what God says. Submit, very close to obey, maybe a little bit softer. <laughs> Please, let your leaders do this with joy. And not with, oh, here we go again. That's of no advantage to you. So says the word of God. I, part of the, uh, the motive or, yeah, I guess you'd say part of the dynamic of this is obey your leaders and submit to them because they are keeping watch over your souls. I like this phrase very much. Leaders, elders and teachers and small group leaders and youth pastors and, this, and the leaders, they're keeping watch over the inner person. Leaders are physicians of the soul. The uh, idea of keeping watch means, of course, to look at, to stare at. We say, I'm watching television. We, we concentrate on, we look at, and leaders look at and contemplate souls. The word watch also implies guarding like a watchdog, or a soldier stands watch, and leaders guard souls. The word watch also implies uh, tending, like uh, watch the pot, don't let the pot boil over, watch the fire, keep the fire going, tend the fire, and leaders tend souls.
And so let them do this with joy, and not with groaning. Okay, well, that is our passage for the day, two verses, and it talks about how we relate to each other in this, I'm picturing as kind of uh, egg-shaped organizational structure, if you will. May I apply this to one specific component of our church life? This, uh, I'm applying this sort of a general, sort of a philosophy of ministry or a philosophy of how we relate to each other or a general view of our roles. With this in mind, remember, consider, imitate, obey, submit, let them do it with joy. With this in mind, may I ask you, is there ever a time to leave a church What would constitute an appropriate reason and motive for leaving and removing ourselves from underneath these leaders? Is there a proper manner, is there a proper way to leave? Let me just give you some principles here, and I'll do that momentarily, but uh, let me say, I am not thinking of anybody at Crossbridge. Honest, on a stack of Bibles, I am not, I don't know if anybody, I honestly don't know if anybody is contemplating leaving the church. However, I've been in ministry a long time, and I just know in a group this size, there's somebody out there, and it, it comes up in our lives, in our church lives, and if you haven't faced it yet, you'll face it in the future. When is it, when's it proper to remove ourselves, because it says obey, submit, remember them, imitate. When's it proper not to do that? And how should we do it in those cases? So let me just give you some um, suggestions, some, some guidelines here. If you're leaving because of doctrine, I think that's probably a legitimate reason And by doctrine, I don't mean minor things. I mean the church or the leaders have departed from the basic, you know, from orthodoxy, from the the foundation of our faith. If that ever happens, I, I think it's probably a legitimate reason. I'm not saying you have to leave. I'm saying it's probably a legitimate reason. Close to that, the visions, the values have drifted from biblical moorings. The church might have started with a real value of evangelism and body life and serving one another, and over the years it just drifted, and uh, the church no longer is pursuing uh, what the church is supposed to be pursuing. And that may be a legitimate reason. Or the leadership has lost integrity. There's no accountability. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to say, be slow, don't be quick in making these kinds of determinations. But if after careful examination, with humility, you determine this, that may be a legitimate reason to remove yourself from under those spiritual authorities. 
Now contrast that with why people actually do leave churches. Often, not all the time, but often. You know the number one reason people leave churches? I'm out of here. (laughs) Little attempt has been made to walk through a biblical conflict resolution like Matthew 18. If you feel that someone has sinned against you, go to that person privately. Maybe you know the various steps there in Matthew 18. Or Galatians chapter 6. You who are spiritual should restore the one who is sinning. Make sure that you're in a state of being filled with the Spirit and walking with God and have a clean conscience. Most of the time, there's some kind of hurt feelings or fighting or, and people just leave autonomously. They take upon themselves the authority. I'm out of here, baby. I don't know how, where that, how well that squares up with what we've seen. Remember, obey, submit, imitate. People also leave for the latest thing. You know, the church down the street. They meet on Thursday nights. It's cool. It fits my schedule better. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know if that's a good reason to leave. To leave your family? This is a household code applied to the church, the family of God. Well, if in good conscience you feel like you have legitimate reasons for leaving, then what manner, (laughs) what's it look like actually? May I suggest, don't be in a hurry, don't be in a huff to do this. Generally speaking, the anger of humans does not work the righteousness of God. Slow down. Yes, with humility. You have your convictions, you have your beliefs, that's fine, but with humility, you might be wrong. I see it this way. They, those leaders have lost their integrity. Well, maybe they have, but slow down. And with communication. Don't just fade into the sunset. Don't just disappear like, hey, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them for the last three years. Communicate with humility. Take your time. Well, those are some thoughts for you, perhaps for discussion or for your consideration on what Hebrews 13, 7 and 17 might look like in one particular aspect of our life together. And so the scripture says, remember your leaders those who first spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their faith. They were faithful all the way to the end. 
And you should imitate, imitate that faith. Obey. Submit, because they're keeping watch over your souls. And let them do this with joy, not with groaning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord of the church, shepherd of your flock, by the Holy Spirit you have created the church, you have created this church, Crossbridge. Please help the leaders to shepherd with humility and gentleness and wisdom as good examples and help the members to submit. In the name of our chief shepherd, amen.